I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of LiveWire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello there and welcome to the Best News Podcast from Livewire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about the good stuff that's happening in the news, because that is a thing that occurs. <laughs> it's easy to forget, but we're here to remind you. My name is Luke Burbank, right over there, my friend, Elena Passarello. Welcome to episode 13 of the Best News Podcast, Elena. woo I've learned something about the Best News listeners. Hmm. Elena, which is that they respond really well to guilt trips. <laughs> what? <laughs> Last week, I made this kind of offhanded joke about us not getting any emails, and our inbox was flooded <gasps> this week. And most of them had the same general message, which was, I felt so terrible when I heard that you had no emails last week. I, <laughs> listener Quinton in Seattle said, I was sad to hear no one emailed you last week, so I thought I would step up. Uh, there was a great blue heron in my backyard today, and the magnolias are blooming. That's the best news from my backyard oh, this week. Oh, that's beautiful. Both those things yeah. are amazing. Uh, Matt checked in to say, hello, Luke and Elena. Greetings from Australia. <gasps> Although the podcast completist in me initially groaned when another weekly podcast came into my feed, <laughs> it's since becoming a highlight of my week. Wow. <laughs> that's great. Stifling... The, I have a very annoying urge to, when I hear that someone's in Australia, slip into some sort of crocodile Dundee-esque, you call that a knife, this is a knife, or you call that an email. I like to say super, uh, super. Ah, that was super, Matt, of you super. to email in from Australia. Thank you. It. Also, uh, we got one from Megan. Megan said... I thought you were joking about having no one email you for the Best News Podcast. <laughs> I'm in Fairbanks, Alaska, oh. and I literally just found an earthworm in gardening soil from last year. Wow. Some good news from Megan. And then Megan says, P.S., keep Luke as host. <laughs> Do you, does Have she there know been high-level conversations that I'm unaware of? <laughs> um, I'm, I appreciate you starting that. Uh, movement, Megan, to retain me as the host of <laughs> Don't the show. Don't fire Luke. <laughs> um, Greg 
living in Beaverton, but previously from Somerville, South Carolina. Hey, that's my old stomping grounds. That's right. He said that he was excited when Elena mentioned South Carolina a while back. The Kekalek. There are quite a few Passarellos in Somerville, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. My aunt and uncle and all their little kids and grandkids. Greg might know them. Greg said, I'm sorry you didn't get any emails this past <laughs> week. You can backdate this one if you need to, Aww. as I had meant to send it sooner. So think about, oh. Greg is bending the space-time continuum. He is trying to retroactively make it so that we didn't have zero emails last week. Yeah, thanks for your email last week, Greg. Yeah, that was awesome of you, Greg. He said, you mentioned in a recent episode how it's impossible to interrupt the cuteness of a sleeping cat. Yeah. Uh, for there's nothing sweeter than his peace when at rest which is a Christopher Smart reference. I didn't get that, but you got it, Elena, the noted uh, literature person that you are. Christopher Smart's a great story. He was this guy that in the 18th century was put in a London mental institution. He was a very famous writer. And we're not quite sure why, um, but he produced this work of poetry that was just stacks and stacks long, and 75 lines of it are just a straight-up rant about how much he loves his cat, Jeffrey. Aww. Some people call it the most famous cat poem in English. It's just this, everybody should go out and just Google my cat, Jeffrey Christopher Smart, because it's just this, it's like this kind of obsessive, it's almost like something you'd see on Instagram. Speaking of cats, Hmm. I thought that I had a great best news story for this week that somebody had sent me on Instagram about firefighter cats in California. Oh, I love, okay. A picture of a cat in like a vest, like it was carrying stuff, and it was like a fire watching firefighter cat. And I then I Googled around trying to find the source material, and it was April Fool's joke. Oh. <laughs> I bought hook, line, and sinker. My best news story is an April Fool's joke, so maybe that's a pretty good seg- segue. Okay, we're gonna get to that in a second. I just want to say uh, thank you to everybody who emailed in. Also, uh, Kim emailed in from Corvallis to say hey. that she's loving the best news podcast and also is a big fan of Jonas Myers. Yeah! Kim. The world's most famous intern. All right. All right. Our intern Jonas Myers. The real breakout star, let's be honest, yeah. of this podcast. Yeah, and he's then, the Woody Harrelson of this, this Cheers. He is. <laughs> Sue also emailed in uh, to say uh, that uh, she's loving the show and she's in the other Portland in Maine mm. and that she's not my mom even though she and my mom have a lot in common, including the name yeah. Sue. <laughs> Does she resell old books to the Barnes & Noble? <laughs> they made that the name of the episode last week, <laughs> and it was out on Instagram, and I was like, thank God my mom's not on Instagram. Mm. I think the episode was called like the Susie Burbank Rule or something. <laughs> I forget that people hear this, and yeah. obviously they do, because well, look at all these emails we got. Thank you to everyone who emailed in. If you want to send us a message, it's best news at Livewire Radio. All right, Elena, what's the best news you saw out there in the wider world this week? This might be one of my favorite ones I've ever told. It's barely a news story, I guess, barely a best news story, but I I had the rare experience of kind of hearing a little bit about it and then praying that it would turn into news, which has never happened before. So I have been obsessed with this TV show called Abbott Elementary. Have you ever heard of this show? I haven't watched it yet, but everywhere I go, people are saying, you got to start watching Abbott Elementary. It is the best news version of a TV show. Like it makes you feel great. It's, it's, it's funny and sarcastic. And it's kind of like if the office was set in a public elementary school in Philadelphia, 
but it's just really endearing and really smart. And I've spent a little bit of time teaching in K through 12 schools in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and a lot resonated, but the characters are just exactly like you would kind of see at a school like that. And the kids are often like pulling some fast ones on these teachers. Fast forward to this weekend, I saw this tweet and somebody had tweeted, man, Philly kids are savage. And then there was a <laughs> link to a GoFundMe and the name of the GoFundMe is Mr. Julian Needs New Shoes. <laughs> This, this like ninth grade history class took the yearbook photo of their teacher and then a picture of his shoes, which are these kind of like beat up leather chukkas. And they say, we're trying to make our world history teacher's shoes history. They're very hideous. <laughs> and he is tired of being bullied by block six, which I think is sixth period. He stands all day long. He needs Nike Blazer 77s, but he's broke. Please help him. And it was their April Fool's joke. And they tried to raise a hundred dollars so he could buy these Nike Blazer 77s. Uh-huh. But of course, this, by the way, is at Tech Freer High School in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. But of course, it went on the internet and then people started going crazy. And then <laughs> the next time I checked in, that GoFundMe had over $3,000. <laughs> Whoa, that's a lot of Blazer 77 sneakers. R right? And there were great comments on it like, does Mr. Julian need a wife? <laughs> And he is, he is quite a handsome young person. He's, a, by the way, a 20... Julian Perrin is his name. He's a 28-year-old teacher who's been at Tech Freer High School for four years. But the cool thing is... They interviewed teachers at the school and students at the school about this amazing thing that happened. The Philadelphia Inquirer did. They're thinking that that $3,000 is going to get to go back into the uh, coffers of the school or the class to buy them some mm. supplies and things that might make learning even more fun. And they are all talking about this GoFundMe prank as this evidence that this teacher has made these students feel actualized, feel extremely comfortable around him, and that their voices matter. Wow. Mr. Julian is very proud of all that, the fact that all that's going on, but he also says that he thinks his shoes are fine. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the most classic teacher thing to I know. say. I just love it. And you just, you just see, he just looks like that kind of teacher who would really go the extra mile for his students. The assistant principal weighed in and said that, you know, all of the students that did this are like his A superstar kids. And this kind of ribbing is the kind of thing that really brings them close to him and, and mm -hmm. makes for a bond that hopefully facilitates awesome learning. So props. Yeah. You would only do this to a teacher that you actually really liked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I immediately knew that when I saw the GoFundMe. And that's kind of what Abbott Elementary is all about, too. And by the way, somebody tweeted at the star and show creator of Abbott Elementary and was like, uh, I think we found your next plot line. <laughs> <laughs> that is really great. I actually have a best news story that also involves educators hmm. coming from the Twin Cities out there uh, in Minneapolis, St. Paul area where they recently had a, a labor dispute with a school district, and so the teachers were, were out on strike. I believe that that has been settled now. Oh, good. But this local TV station, uh, WCCO, CBS Minnesota, Ow. was going back in their archives because I guess the last time this district had a, a labor dispute, it was in the 1970s. It was April of 1970, to be precise. Mm. And some hardworking producer was just watching this old footage from the 70s. It didn't even have the sound 
because it was like so old, the equipment that they use at this TV station couldn't oh, right. pick up the audio. Yeah. So this guy's just like sitting in this dark room watching footage from the 1970s, and he sees this kid being interviewed, a kid who was going to the school where the, where the strike was happening. And the kid looks familiar to him. And so he, he gets like, takes a picture of it and he goes out into the newsroom and he's walking around uh, the other, his colleagues at WCCO. And he says, I'm not going to tell you who I think this is, but I want to get your thoughts. I don't want to, you know, put my thumb on the scale with this. And everybody agreed. It's totally Prince. <laughs> Baby Prince. The Prince, Prince Rogers Nelson. <laughs> which there is, he's, he's young, he's preteen. And there's like almost no imagery of him. There are very few photographs. There's like kind of not much documentation of Prince at this age because, you know, they didn't know he was going to be Prince. Mm-hmm. It was the seventies. Right. Like <laughs> I think about the, the children growing up now and the amount of photographic documentation of their existence yeah. compared to like people from my era. Yeah. My mom has one picture of me from middle school, like one. Right. <laughs> There's like one picture of me from my childhood and I'm on a unicycle, which is not great. Oh, <laughs> There's one picture and I'm not being cool in the picture. So this is a real find. But the problem is the kid doesn't say I'm Prince. <laughs> like there's no, there's no little like name on the, on the footage. He doesn't identify himself as Prince. He didn't even know he was going to be Prince. I mean, that's the thing. Well, he was Prince. He was Prince Rogers Nelson. So his name was. was Prince. But. but he didn't know he was going to be the person that we all know he became, the incredible genius artist. He didn't identify himself by the symbol or anything. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I bet if they kept that camera rolling a little longer, he probably would have said, also, I'm going to be. That's true. <laughs> I'm going to be a mega genius superstar someday. Like, I feel like if there was a kid who would say that, it was probably Prince Rogers Nelson. Well, anyway, they couldn't just say this was Prince, even though everyone was like, this looks like a little young Prince. Mm-hmm. So they found some of Prince's old friends from that era and showed them the picture. And they and this is what the one guy said. Hey, that's Skipper. Skipper, Right. <laughs> Because that was, I guess, his nickname. This yep. guy said, that's Skipper from the North Side. Yep. <laughs> that's a real demotion from Prince to Skipper, you know? <laughs> right. I only learned this today, but if you would have asked me, what do you think Prince's nickname was as a kid? I would have thought like a velvet or something or something mm-hmm. very cool and like kind of sensual, not mm-hmm. Skipper. Mm-hmm. But so they, they found some childhood friends of Skipper's and they showed the picture and they confirmed, yeah, that was Prince. And then they went to this... There is a uh, a woman who lives in the area who's just sort of like an amateur prince historian mm. and just knows everything about him and at all phases of his life. And they showed her the picture and she sort of confirmed, Dad, this is probably Prince. And then they played the audio for her. And in this TV piece that was on WCCO in Minnesota, it was really kind of charming because she gets emotional mm. Just seeing, because this is a person who has probably tried to consume every bit of information about Prince Rogers Nelson that can be consumed, mm-hmm. and now there's this new thing, and I'm going to play you the tape. This is Prince standing up for the teachers that were on strike in Minnesota in 1970. Are most of the kids in favor of the picketing? Yep. How come? Um, I think they should get a better education, too, because... Um, and I think they should get some more money because they work be working extra hours for us and all that stuff. There you go. They should be getting some extra money because they're working extra hours for us and all that stuff. And they should get a pair of Blazer seven, Nike Blazer 77. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and he goes on to discuss a Kickstarter that he is starting for those 
teachers. If you look at that clip, though, I mean, the voice obviously is prepubescent, but he mm-hmm. has this smirk, like the side of the left side of his mouth turns up when he's looking at the camera, at the microphone and the person who's put the microphone in his face. It is very, very easy to see the man that became the legend in, yes. in that smirk. Absolutely. I actually had a chance to see Prince uh, shortly before his untimely passing. And it was one of those things, he was playing a small, th- relatively small theater in Seattle called The Showbox. And this ticket sold out immediately. And a friend of mine had two tickets that she couldn't use. And these were not inexpensive tickets, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, hey, do you want these? And part of me was like, wow, that's, you know, for two tickets to that show, that's going to set me back. And then I was like, ah, it's Prince. And of course I went, he played Purple Rain, which I guess he wasn't, generally doing on Mm-mm. that tour. No. He played Purple Rain. He sat at a grand piano and played Purple Rain. And Elena, when I tell you, I sobbed openly. I was on a f- like third date with my uh, someone who would become my wife. And it was amazing <laughs> that me just sobbing to Prince I was mean, a deal breaker. <laughs> no, I would be like, you put that ring on my finger now. <laughs> like that's that's on my 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 list. You know, like he has to have all of his own teeth and he has to cry. Mm-hmm. Has to cry if he hears Prince playing Purple Rain yeah. from 20 feet away. Was- and, and he has to support public school teachers like yep. Prince did and like Julian Perrin is. Absolutely. So all of these good and interesting things happening in the world of public education. That's the best news that we heard this week. Now, coming up on the radio show this week, we are going to be celebrating National Poetry Month. Some of our favorite Moments in live wire history involve poetry, including when we talked to Roger Reeves in a hotel room in Austin. Um, he's an amazing poet from down there in Texas. We're also going to hear from Anis Mojgani. He is the poet laureate of Oregon. He's going to perform some of his work. And then we're also going to talk to Franny Choi. Franny Choi has a really interesting story. She's an amazing writer and poet and teacher. And she was getting a lot of online BS by way of Twitter. And she took that. <laughs> kind of alchemized it into some really incredible poetry. Um, And then we're also going to have music from the Helio sequence combined with poetry from the writer Derek C. Brown. So that is all coming out this Friday on Livewire. All right. Thank you to everyone who makes this show possible each week, including our fine executive producer, Laura Haddon. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. Special thanks to the world's most famous intern, Jonas Myers. <laughs> Molly Pettit is our technical director. Uh, A Walker Spring composed our show's theme music. And of course, we also want to thank all of you for listening and for emailing in and you know putting some wind in our sails. You like us. You really, really like us. You like Jonas, at least. (laughs) Okay, we can at least agree on that. Jonas is popular. So we will see you very soon. In the meantime, go out and just have the absolute best week. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be One to fill my heart with with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review. Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on 
the program itself. Uh, reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast. 